Welcome to the Be Frightful podcast, your bi-weekly deep dive into various paranormal media. I'm and I'm Natalie. And we're wishing you a happy new year. Happy new year. Welcome to 2019. Yeah, it's uh, 2014. Got it's to. okay. Yeah, 2014. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're recording on day two and it, you know, it's, it's okay. It's an all right year so far. <laughs> This time around, we'll be talking about 1941's The Wolfman, the movie. Yep. <clears throat> <laughs> so, my, my voice went out. Um, so, this actually features Lon Chaney in the title role of The Wolfman. Um, so, let's read the summary. Uh, when his brother dies, Larry Talbot returns to Wales and reconciles with his father, while there, he visits an antique shop and, hoping to impress Gwen, the attractive shopkeeper, buys a silver walking cane. The same night, he kills a wolf with it, only to later learn that he has actually killed a man. Um, I, mm, we're, this, you know. this movie is racist, so like, <laughs> I, I think we should just get that out of the way. That's what There's I was, yeah. That's a, the stopping point. Rom- a Romney woman explains that it was her son, a werewolf, that he killed, and that Larry is now one himself. Yeah. So, I guess, like, a big content warning for this episode. We're not going to use the slur that they use for the Romney people. But the movie definitely abuses the mystical Romney people yeah, trope. And it's, it's really bad. something ugly. Um, also, Bella Lugosi is in this. Mm-hmm. I uh, think he's the werewolf that's killed. If yes, that's yes, he is. Yeah, I, um, he actually plays Bella. He plays himself. Yes, Terrible. he he literally he has he plays himself. Um, so yeah, our hmm. star rating, I guess, on this one. Uh, hmm. I've been it's really like trying a... to attach one to it, and I I don't know. For me, it's like a solid two point five. I'm really like uh i thought like for a bit i was like oh i could give it like a good three or three and a half because of like its importance in creating like the werewolf movie mythos but it's not that solid of a movie i think like more or less the foundation that it created the foundation it created for other werewolf movies is more or less winks and nods to this movie than it is for any actual foundation. That's true. Uh, so, you know, the thing with the pentagram, uh, well, we'll get mm-hmm. to that, but yeah, the and pentagram, really... like the upright kind of like werewolf posture, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think a yeah, solid too. Very good. Yeah, especially for the the abundant racism. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, I don't think we need to do a spoilers warning for this one because it's from 1941. If you're really, if you really incensed about it, <laughs> lead us, I guess. Yeah, let us know how you feel. Where have you been for the past 70 so, or 30 years? <laughs> um, but I right. guess this is your warning to, uh, to leave if you gotta. 
yeah, man, get out if you if you want to. But <laughs> there's no spoilers. You know, this movie is over 70 years old. So let's get into it. So um, the main woman, was her name back. Gwen or was that the actress? Her name is Gwen. Uh, the actress is actually Evelyn Anchors. Okay. Okay. Um, I kept mixing them up because they did a title like the title run with all the main actors and who they're playing and it really just confused me for the rest of the movie yeah just kind of ran through that like really quick but I'm just gonna get out of the way and say it I think this would be a better movie if Gwen turned out to be a werewolf oh 100% if Gwen was a werewolf and there was a woman very early on that gets killed off if the two of them were lesbians I think it would have been a better movie (laughs) I think um, I could. I think I think variably you could cut this movie to make it a better movie. Like if you take out all the racist Romney parts, if you take out the parts where um, Gwen's uh, fiance, who serves no actual purpose in the movie other than to challenge Larry for her hand, yeah, like, not good. If you just cut him out, like it would be like about a twenty-minute-long movie, but it would probably be a better movie. True. Um, it's about um. <sighs> My new movie that I've just recut <laughs> is, about, is about Gwen and her girlfriend in the 1940s who go out to get their palms read by a man who is not a, a caricature of a Romney person. Um, and then she runs out. This is still canon to the movie. Okay, so she All runs right. out. And then Gwen is in the woods. And I've blurrily edited out Larry. <laughs> and, just really poorly. Just hidden. And... And then it immediately cuts to, like, the end where he's walking around as a werewolf. But because of my hasty edit, it's actually Gwen walking around. Okay. Okay. And then the movie ends. All right. End scene. You know what? That might... Yeah. That might be a better... That's all you needed from the movie. Cut. Um, One of the things that really... uh, So, Naeem and I watched this movie together. One of the things that really uh, bugged us from the beginning was that Larry comes home and immediately like goes up to his father's telescope in their manor estate whatever the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's looking around castle town. i think it's literally called a castle oh okay weird mm-hmm. um so he's looking around town he's looking around town and i'm like yes he's going to get a shot of the moon in the sky this is what's going to mm-hmm. happen and then he looks into a woman's bedroom and it's Gwen's bedroom. And one, I was immediately disappointed. I was like, how dare you not use moon imagery? Literally missed your shot. Dan. Yeah. Second. What the fuck? Um, so he actually, he sees her put her earrings on, admire herself in the mirror and then take them off and go downstairs to the shop her father owns. And then what he like immediately goes over to the shop, doesn't he? Yeah, and then he's like, hey, I want some earrings. And she's like, okay, we have these earrings and these earrings. And he's like, no, I want... I think she was wearing st- ones with, like, stars and the moon or something on them. He's like, yeah. I want those. And she's like, we don't have those. And he's like, you have them upstairs. I saw you try them on. Yeah, and, and he goes, I'm, like, I'm a psychic. Uh, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Just, yeah. This doesn't make it any better, you know? Like, even if he was a psychic, it he would still be encroaching on somebody's boundaries like yeah and so just immediately yeah. larry fucking sucks <laughs> yeah he really he's completely ins- i don't think he's very sympathetic throughout this whole thing mm-hmm. he just kind of 
I don't know. I think even in the framing of the movie, even in like the time, I don't think that he was supposed to be a sympathetic character, considering that he does continuously hit on uh, a taken woman yeah. the entire way through. Yeah, and even um, not even while her fiance is present, but like her fiance has been present, and he leaves, and he immediately like tries to kind of like hit on Gwen, mm-hmm. and it's it's uncomfortable. She like yeah. She says a hard see... no at the beginning. Yeah, she does. And he's you can like, see she's trying. Me. And she's like, no. And he's like, take this walk with me. She's like, no. Um, yeah, and you can see she's trying to be nice to him. Because he's like the whatever local lord's son. i unsure. Of... I don't think it, they have feudal lords at this time, but. No, you know what I mean. He's I like an earl or, the rich you know. guy in town's son. He's, no, like, it's... the richest guy in town. And I think there was, like, a scene that implies that, like, that guy has the police in his pocket. His father, yeah. Larry's father. Hold on. Let me look at this Wikipedia page. I want to know. <laughs> oh, I think his father goes unnamed. It's just, like, Larry's father. Okay, but, so he um... returns to his ancestral home. It's, okay, Sir John Talbot is his father. Great. Sir John Talbot. So he's some kind of nobility. Mm-hmm. I would assume, but um, yeah, okay, that doesn't matter. But you know, you're right. His his father wields power, and she's trying to be nice to him to kind of you know not upset too many things. And then she like genuinely starts to like him, which I don't understand. Um, There's not a lot of this movie's very short, and I so you don't get a lot of character growth, I guess. Yeah, so, like I mean, like a lot I, of kind of feel bad for him but I don't feel like that bad for him it's a fine line basically um when he's at the shop she kind of like because apparently this town is famous for having werewolves that's like the beginning of the movie and so she tells him the legend of the werewolf you know the werewolf will um shapeshift on underneath the full moon and (laughs) It's, he sees his, it feels very rudimentary to say, but it's funny to think back and think like people in the 1940s needed to have someone explain what a werewolf is. Yeah. And, um, and you know, they see Weird. their prey with a pentagram on their hand, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and that's when his whole, do you want to go take a walk with me starts? And she's like, no. And then um, she's like, you know, there's like some Romney, there's like a Romney camp coming through. They don't say Romney. They say the slur They say for the them. word, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I want to go get my palm read. And there's this girl that also wants to get her palm read. And so he's, but he, she doesn't say that at the time. And so when night falls, um, he's expecting to walk her out alone. And then her and her friend come out. And that's when I thought, like, decidedly, like, this would probably be a better movie if Larry just was not in it. Yeah, you were like, hmm, lesbians. <laughs> Hmm. Um, yeah, so from there they go to the encampment and get their fortunes told by a man named Bella, played mm-hmm. by Bella Lugosi. Um, and he actually, so Jenny is the friend, he sees a pentagram in the palm of her hand and tells her to leave immediately because he doesn't want to hurt her because he is the werewolf. So, mm-hmm. um, 
not too long after that, he actually transforms and kills Jenny. Now, okay. The dumb thing here, aside from all of it, um, (laughs) is that you can tell it's because it's just a silhouette of like a dog and you can tell it's a German shepherd. But when Lon Chaney turns into the wolf man, he has an upright posture and he just, he, he looks like a man covered in fur. He looks like he stuck his face in the dustbin at like a barbershop. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there is some skillful makeup done here. I'm not like knocking that, but you know what I mean? Like he just, he looks like a man and he has some hair on him. Um, yeah. And, just, and like what that, yeah. What that seems to imply is that like, Bella is closer to being an animal than Larry is, which has some mad racist implications. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the context of the story in which um, Bella... So in this confrontation, you know, Bella goes out to pursue Jenny, who is his werewolf victim, and he kills her, of course. And then because Larry purchased a silver cane with a wolf's head, if I recall right. A wolf's head and a pentagram on it at the shop. Ooh. Mm -hmm. At the the shop. He, like, beats (laughs) Bella to death with it, and he's like, it's a dog. And then the next morning comes, and they're like, we found a dead man in the woods. (laughs) And he's like, oh! I'm pretty sure that was a dog. And they're like, or a wolf or something. And he's like, they're like, no, there's a dead man in the wolf, in the woods. In the in, wolf. In the wolf. <laughs> there's the dead man um, in the wolf. Um. <laughs> in this scuffle he had where he's like waving his cane around, somehow the wolf got close enough to him to bite him. On the chest. So, on the chest. So he yeah. passes the Very difficult being a werewolf. Yeah. Passes on that lycanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's quite literally a man of color like within the context of this story passing on some sort of animal like disease onto a white man and the white man then gets to retain more of his humanity than the man of color yeah not great not great no um so the morning after when the police show up and tell him there is a dead man in the forest um and he's like what there was just a wolf there was only a wolf Mm -hmm. um he says, I can show you. He bit me. And he, like, opens up his, his robe or his pajama, whatever he has on. And his chest is completely smooth. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, the night before, he was, uh, you know, barely conscious. He was badly hurt. And they're like, oh, this guy's crazy. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's their immediate um, conclusion. Mm-hmm. But because he is, um, you know, son of the local nobility, they just kind of leave. And they're like, well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on him, but there's nothing we can do, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a little fucked up. And is it, what, the next night that he transforms for the first time? I don't think so. I think first he meets with the Romney woman, the unnamed woman, and she's like, wear this to protect yourself when him and um, Gwen and Gwen's fiance. Oh, right. They go, go to the to, like the carnival. 
Yeah, and it's a, a carnival thrown um, in honor of Bella. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just, it's like a celebration um, of him, except there's a bunch of like carnival games there. And it's, I, we're going back to like the deep set racism in this movie. It's very obvious that they see uh, the Romani as people who take advantage of any situation to make money. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's it's just really gross. <laughs> yeah, keeping in mind that this is around the same time that World War Two is just around the corner. Mm-hmm. It's some pretty deeply set anti Romney prejudice. It's something else to watch. Yeah, um, it's it's very uncomfortable. Um, and then in this process, because um, Larry is a dumbass. <laughs> This woman gives him this necklace and is like, wear this and you won't change into a wolf and you'll be safe, etc., etc. And so he takes it off and he gives it to Gwen, who's going to be a married woman. And he's like, this will keep you safe from me. And it's like, it's, yeah. It's such like a hollow gesture because it's uncomfortable. Like, oh, it's mad uncomfortable. She's framed like she's his romantic interest. But again, like she's just being kind to him and she doesn't show any genuine romantic interest in him, if I recall correctly, because, again, she's engaged. Yeah, she really just wants to be his friend and, like, kind of wants to help him out because he's clearly having, like, a nervous breakdown about this thing. Mm -hmm. And Um, she seems like... What what, what would you say? Like, she's... She's definitely uncomfortable. She's mostly worried about him. Yeah, she's uncomfortable by his romantic advances. So yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, she's why um, it's framed like that. She's exactly like me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not gonna like sidebar out onto that, but it's it's very like relatable to to I think both of our personal lives. Oh yeah, you can pretty much <clears throat> again. The Wolfman 1941 is going to be remade by me with my hands. <laughs> the Wolf Woman 2019. <laughs> because that's what deserved at. better. Yeah, man. Um, and, you know, like most werewolf stories are tragic. Um, and that's just kind of, I mean, that's, you know, that's what the genre requires most of the time you know a little bit of tragedy usually the the monster is the hero but the the monster dies you know mm-hmm. so we see larry go through just this whole fucking nervous breakdown and the realization that he is the monster and um when he... that 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 woman was right and maybe he should have worn that stupid necklace yeah absolutely 100 percent um yeah so yeah and then you get into he's transforming into that weird upright wolf man <laughs> and shambling around the forest and I guess, I think they spot him at a point, and so everybody has decided that even if there is no wolfman, there's some big, large animal out there, and people want to shoot it. Yeah, they gotta kill it. They gotta kill it. And so, um, because this thing has already struck twice. Um, <laughs> so, so you gotta go and 
make a whole hunting party for this single animal mm-hmm. and also lock Larry in his room. All of his the father... men in the city or in the town. Yeah, all of the men in the city. And so Larry's father's like, hey, stay put, son. And he locks him up in the room. And, you know, he's still a little bit concerned because he seems a bit superstitious, even if, you know. Yeah. And he, you know, Larry's clearly going through it. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think he tells his father that he thinks he's the werewolf, but um, you're right. His father is superstitious and definitely suspects something. Uh, and he, I think he says he like willingly strapped Larry to a chair, mm-hmm. like before the hunting party went out. Well, uh, Larry gets out. <laughs> <laughs> Like a bad dog. Like a bad dog, Larry leaves. Yeah. Larry gets... I think he goes to the window or something. That's that's Mm -hmm. where he went through, like, when he transformed previously. Um, And he's running around town um, as a human. And he he goes to the shop. Um, I don't remember why he goes to the shop. It doesn't really matter that much. But he, he goes to see Gwen. And when he looks at her he sees the pentagram in her palm Mm -hmm. and he oh my god he loses it so this is kind of when his nervous breakdown comes to a head uh Mm -hmm. he loses it and he runs out and he just like runs into the forest you know he he transforms at some point um it was kind of late when we watched this so fair enough forgive me um, it's fine he runs around and i think he starts like, I think the other hunters spot him, and then they, then him, and I think it's his father that they scrap, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and he, um, he gave his father his silver-handled walking cane, just in case. Mm-hmm. Which is very fucking sad. Oh, yeah, and then the only moment that you have of, like, genuine pity for Larry is when you watch his father beat him to death. Mm-hmm. And really, even my emotions to that are more or less towards the father, because that is brutal to see 100 percent him mm -hmm, to see him slowly shift back and yeah that just like slow realization that comes over him that he's murdered his own son uh for being something he can't control Mm -hmm. is rough (laughs) Mm um now but the movie doesn't end there no it's there's there's a tonal shift and it sucks yeah the movie should have cut right there and it shifts then and I think it's really just like it's like an after scene of like and this is how it all ended yeah and then it cuts to the end and Natalie and I are just like okay so that movie was about like an hour long we're like is that it yeah the pacing wasn't great now the very last Mm -hmm. scene uh after Larry's father realizes he killed his son uh is Gwen and she's crying in, I think, her fiancé's arms. Um, and she just goes, Larry! And that's it. The credits roll. Oh, yeah. The credits right. roll. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, how disappointing. It was awful. Um, it just, yeah, there's a lot in this movie that didn't quite fit with everything else. Um, and I think the pacing wasn't great but you know it's from 1941 movies had to be short 
mm-hmm. they couldn't regale me with two hours of a werewolf story. We could only hope. Yeah, that's that's all I want. Um, you know, just a long werewolf story. I really got that in good manners, so that was... Right after we finish this movie, I don't think we'll discuss it in this episode because that good manners definitely deserves like an entire full 40 minutes of us talking about it but um good manners is a brazilian movie centering around a black lesbian who becomes the caretaker and uh later nanny to this uh rich white woman who is pregnant with a werewolf baby yeah and it is everything you could ever hope for in a summary like that (laughs) it's it's wonderful it's truly wonderful um but um it's because we watched those two back to back i think we really kind of got the hard hitter of like the parent parental emotion Mm -hmm. of the werewolf story which i think is something that's dropped off recently um even in blood and chocolate uh i'm thinking off the top of my head in twilight in I think even in, like, Shadowhunters, the TV series, like, the concept of the werewolf is not some, is, like, it expands outwards to the family, and so, like, it becomes a family unit if you're lucky enough to have a good werewolf story. Yeah. But it's not something that burdens the family, if I, I don't think. Yeah, not in Twilight, definitely, because it's, it's really centered around, you know, the group of boys. It's not really centered around like their family except for emily um emily yeah yeah blood and chocolate definitely we i think we got lucky with the family there Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of like parental uh anything in that yeah because especially with um vivian's mother who doesn't seem to care to protect vivian very much no, she just kind of lets Vivian do what she wants. And then when, you know, every once in a while, the parent will come out and be, like, trying to tell, you know, Vivian to do whatever, uh, you know, Esme wants her to do. But it's very infrequent. Now, um, you haven't read this, but I have. Uh, Stephen Graham Jones' Mongrels, really, it focuses solely on the family and there's a lot of like kind of like parental or there's a big parental role in the book it's it's really good <laughs> i think genuinely really that's good. probably the <laughs> i know no, like we'll have to get on it that's <laughs> i love it so much uh, everyone should read it i know Ugh. um i think really the only strong point of this movie is what you can read into it so mm-hmm. You can build a better movie from watching this movie, but the actual groundwork of it isn't too strong. And I think the only thing that's really strong in this movie is Larry's father's conclusion. Mm -hmm. And so you watch this whole movie and it's just a shitty old racist movie, (laughs) except for... Except for you're aware of the, the cultural significance, so you're always like keeping your eye out for you know the bright yellow eyes and the mm-hmm. and the gratuitous violence <laughs> even though all violence is off screen in this movie because it was in 1941 again yeah but um the character arc of larry's father is pretty much the only 
thing that I think holds up to modern standards. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you're right about the strongest point of this movie being the ability to read into the things happening, kind of like build even like your own mythos on top of it. Um, which uh, the so our friend Dan is who recommended this to the podcast. And I think that's um, a lot of what he finds appealing is the ability to kind of like take it and, and make something your own from it, which that's going to mm-hmm. be, you know, any piece of literature, or any film. Um, but this is especially easy to do with it because the Wolfman, there's a lot of like space in the movie to do kind of like mm-hmm. whatever you want with it. Because there's not a lot of character development and because it's such a short movie, there's a lot of gap in it. Mm-hmm. So you don't see, so you, so things like you don't see the actual relationship between Je- Jenny and Gwen. You don't see um, the actual like inception of werewolfism when in Bella, things like that. Like you have space to work there. And I think that future werewolf movies that have been inspired have taken on that. So I can see why somebody would like this movie, oh, especially for, yeah, for aesthetic purposes, definitely, because I think that there's a certain charm to it as a movie in black and white from 1941 that still kind of invokes the aesthetic of werewolfism with like Gwen's, um, like Gwen's moon earrings and mm-hmm. the Larry's werewolf staff. Like it's very interesting. That came from was a pretty point. cool. I have to say. Oh, it's pretty yeah. Sick. Yeah. Um, I don't need a cane yet, but when I do, it's going to be that one. In case you need to pummel a werewolf in the woods, apparently. I mean, you never know. Right? So, I don't know. Yeah, honestly. So, I don't know. I can't even pull like a decent themology from it. I think the most you could pull from this is listen to strangers when they give you vague uncertain advice because because you might be a werewolf because you might be a werewolf i guess because that's really (laughs) the only recurring theme is that the romney woman keeps showing up and being like stop doing that and he's like i don't respect your your opinion i'm gonna do what i want and i'm gonna give this necklace to this this engaged woman i think that's just men i'm gonna (laughs) men (laughs) the what that's part of the title, the Wolf Man. Yep. If you just, they just put the wrong strike name. out the Wolf and just put Man, that's that's all you need. Um, I think the other moral of this story is perhaps stay out of the forest. I guess don't go in there. Leave people alone. Nineteen forty one is like an age ago, though. So I don't. I think Man has conquered the fear of the forest. I think, uh. but. <laughs> Have we? Yeah, I know. Like, nature is scary, but also, like... Nature is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I, I like that we're really trying to, like, pull out, like, a not-racist <laughs> theme out of this. Because, really, you can't, almost. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot about this Quite movie literally. we could dissect, but really, the racism just... It, oh. Blaring. Like a trumpet over the whole movie. Quite literally, I mean, like, I think the actual theme of this movie is Romney people bad, is what it seems to be. Yeah. When, yeah. Because the inception of all 
the difficulties is from Bella, who bites um, bites Larry and kills Jenny. And then the rest of the movie is um, Larry encountering difficulties because he isn't fully cooperating with, um, I believe the Romney woman was Bella's mother because he doesn't cooperate with Bella's mother. So quite literally, like, it's yeah. eh. not great. Not great. Yeah. At the very least, I think one thing we can also give it kudos to, because I'm really <clears throat> racking my brain trying to give it something. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a monster movie in which the monster is monstrous. So, yeah. like, Larry sucks. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a peeping Tom. He's kind of a creep. Mm-hmm. He doesn't respect women. And, like, he doesn't respect women to the extent that, like, people in the 1940s would probably side-eye this still, because he encroaches on Gwen's respect and autonomy within her engaged relationship mm-hmm. by continuously singling her out and continuously hitting on her despite knowing that she's engaged. Yeah, I have Even to say when, um, um, the real victim of this story is probably Gwen. Yeah, oof. and Jenny. Really you traumatized. Know, she literally died. Jenny. So rough. I mean, Gwen really tries to put like these barriers. It's like that movie where um, I think it was Jennifer Lawrence and the guy that played Star-Lord where if you reframed it from Jennifer Lawrence's perspective it's a horror movie. Oh, yeah. She, you know, can't escape his voice. Where she wakes up. Mm -hmm. What is it? No, it's not Arrival. I don't recall what it is. Interstellar? No. No. Where um, he wakes up to find out that he's the only guy alone in uh, mm-hmm. in a spaceship that's continuously traveling to a destination, and so he goes and he wakes so up. So he woman wakes her up, yeah, so that he's not alone. And it's not great, fucked up, but it's kind of like what this kind of what that this Larry didn't need to involve her in the werewolf drama, but he did anyways. Yeah, he really did. Um... And then she just, you know, she suffered the rest of the movie because she cared about him. And she has to watch him just degrade, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, just completely break down. <clears throat> Ugh. My voice is not what it was three weeks ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not great. And I found out it's not even the first werewolf movie. I think it, the werewolf in London uh, predates it by about six years. So it's not even quite momentous enough for me to excuse the racism. And by excuse, I mean understand that it's like a momentous film. It's not really. Hmm. Okay, are you talking about an American werewolf in London? I I don't know. It was in an article. I think it's quite literally the werewolf. In oh, werewolf of London. Okay, werewolf of London. Yes, nineteen thirty-five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even like you had better material to work with, and you just kind of bungled it. Well, I mean, nineteen forty-one. Nineteen forty-one. Not to excuse them, because you know I think we as humans are very capable of great storytelling at any era but like come on guys yeah y'all y'all knew better 
Yeah, and it's not – so I think the thing about, like, racism in old films and, um, like, old novels is that a lot of people like to excuse it and say, well, it was the times, you know, but a lot of people – it's – the thing the is, people, is that the... um, ha- having racism directed towards them were like, hey, this is wrong. Yeah, they still Treat existed. me like a human. Yeah, they still yeah exist, treat me like a like, fucking human. People didn't, didn't just disappear for – the full year that the that the Wolfman existed, like, oh, yeah. it's a terrible movie. Like, I mean, it's not the worst movie we could have watched. Yeah, it's it could not be a worse. Good movie. It could have been Blood and Chocolate, but true, true. But yeah, we're just so not, we're just not really talking about good werewolf movies on this podcast, is what it seems like. No, um, which is why we're actually going to take a little break from werewolves. And uh, we haven't decided what the next episode's going to be about, but it's not going to be about werewolves. I've been reading a lot of books, so we have a few recommendations from me. I have recently curated a Goodreads for several novels that Natalie and I will likely be discussing in the future. If you want to follow us, uh, it's still at the frightful on Goodreads, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which know? is exactly where you're going to find us on Twitter and Instagram. We finally have an Instagram and Tumblr and Any Tumblr kind of social media, more or less, except for mm-hmm. Facebook because there's no real reason for that one. No, none. Um, you know, I I don't think a lot of people uh, listening to this podcast use Facebook. I guess. Or at least use it to the extent that it would be useful to make one. Yeah. So um, if we're wrong, feel free to shout it out. But make a make an anti the frightful podcast Facebook. Group. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd, I'd love that. Yeah. But um, you can follow us at any of those social media sites, and you might catch some free deals on our Instagram. I have recently started curating some free horror games that have gone on sale. It's just passed, but Soma, which is a survivalist horror video game, was uh, free until, I believe, yesterday at midnight. Hmm. And our Twitter is mostly used to promote um, paranormal books and whatnot, so you can follow us there for content like that. And our Tumblr is more or less aesthetic-based, but we also do have some recommendations on there. Yes, and um, you'll see us drop any of the new episodes on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. So if you forget when we drop episodes, which is every other Friday, um, you'll see it there. Mm -hmm. So to conclude on The Wolfman cannot forgive that racism no and the racism does not make it a good story yeah but uh shout out to the wolf dan for (laughs) giving us a cool recommendation to talk about especially since neither of us had watched it Mm -hmm. previously um sad that i didn't like it (laughs) sad that yeah very very sad that it wasn't a good movie but at the very least we did get the recommendation yeah, so if you like The Wolf Dan, would like to give us any recommend- recommendations, feel free to send us that via our social media as well. All right. Have a uh, delightful 2014 <laughs> and see you next time.
Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.